Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3. Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great pleasure to be with you as always. Hope you had a good weekend. We made it. Super Bowl week nearly, uh, well, it is upon us. Game is nearly here, and it's one that I'm actually legitimately excited about. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. There's Director Matthew on Twitter. It's at Cameron Show. Ah, here we go. Well, and I can't believe how quick Florida State baseball is about to be here as well. That, too, is something I'm excited about. Yeah, I guess I should note that Florida State won a basketball game over the weekend against Louisville to boot. Actually got off to a good start. That was the more shocking aspect of that game than the fact that they won it. They didn't start poorly. They had a 16-5 to lead. I think it's the first one of those we've seen in a while, Tom. Pretty much... Grand opening, grand closing the last few games, but uh, this time around, they got off to a good start. They won a game. That is good news. And the women had a bye this past weekend, and uh, they're in a tie for second place with Notre Dame, one game behind Duke. Um, They're 20-5 and overall. I've talked about the women sparingly this year, but I did mention a few weeks back that I thought their ranking should be much higher, and all they've done is gone on to win some significant games and amass that record. So it looks like, to me, they'll be – Hosting when the NCAA's start uh, first couple of rounds, buddy. That'll be cool. Some excitement around the program. That's good to see. I like Brooke Wyckoff an awful lot, and I remember her as a player because I'm old. And, uh, and she was a great player. And uh, I talked with her one time at a banquet where I had to give an impromptu, prolonged speech because Jimbo Fisher didn't show up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I was just sitting there, and they're like, "Can you get up and talk?" Oh, uh, no, I wasn't scheduled to. Yeah, we, 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 could you could you do that? That'll be $5,000. Had to get up and just talk because he didn't want to show up. That was a toughie. But Brooke was there, and she was very friendly, and we had a good conversation while I was figuring out what I was going to say. So I've rooted for her ever since. <laughs> well, and it seems like, yeah, that that's a refreshed product. Yeah. We'll see as it continues down the road, and, you know, they march towards the madness. They don't... But, uh, yeah, there's new life, it seems like, in that program. There was some stagnance that was setting in, and now there's reasons to watch. And, look, their best friend right now is the fact that the men's pro- uh, product is bad. Mm. So that's good. Mm. If you're Brooke, you're saying, all right, I get a couple of eyeballs. People are going to spend maybe more time on a Sunday here than a Saturday. Come watch some home games. Did you go down the path of uh, – you and I talked about it some, but I went and read those articles and some of the others that um, – 
It came up this week, and for those that missed it, by the way, I should give some context to this instead of just assuming you read what I read. <laughs> uh, there's, there's this thought that, you know, there was this thought that Oklahoma and Texas would find a way to join the SEC in 24 and not have to wait to 25, and then that's been, the kibosh has been put on that. Basically, Fox has said, uh, it is believed Fox is saying, no, no, that's not going to happen. And then when I saw some of the numbers in these articles, I don't want to get in the weeds with this. I just want to make mention of because I want to relate it back to FSU. When I was reading that report, and there have been multiple reports over the weekend, that that was confirmed that, in essence, Oklahoma and Texas are not going to get out early. They're not going to be able to go to the SEC. And that the buyout for them to be able to do that, to leave early, the grant of rights situation, of course, similar situation that Florida State finds themselves in, except for the fact that theirs is nearly up, it was exceedingly expensive. It was over $100 million. It was, it was a lot of money, as you saw. And, and then the network, who's brokering the new deal, wanted to set up the schedule with them included in it, and they weren't going to negotiate that out until they understood who was going to be in the league. So basically, the roadblocks for something that is already accepted that is going to happen in a couple of years is is exceedingly difficult to get around. What does that mean for us? But I also looked at it this way. The fact that Fox and ESPN are going back and forth with assets and discussions about and how you could make this work, the two super leagues that some university presidents, including Northwestern's, has talked about. Okay, well, that's good because now you're dealing with assets. Now you're talking about trading assets and maneuvering and changing the board a little bit. And maybe maybe, maybe that's you know ESPN looking at expansion in the same way that the Big Ten is. And both those sides are, are talking about, and basically Fox and ESPN controlling how that works and how quickly that happens means that they would want, I think, Florida State and Clemson down the line. Yeah, the... The unique thing in the you, SEC, if you're talking about the SEC, it's an ESPN versus ESPN agreement. You know what you need, who you need to please are the ACC members that are going to lose a whole lot of value with the departure of Clemson, Florida State, and some other schools. This instance, it's you've got the Big Twelve, which is all over the place. Their rights are everywhere, spread across many networks. Correct. Going to an ESPN-controlled entity because remember CBS. This is all crazy now. It's all over the place. It's gotten crazy, yeah. It's basically like everybody is switching sides. It reminds me of when um, NBC left the uh, NFL game and CBS took AFC broadcasts right. from NBC and then Fox became the NFC network. Yes. And it was just this whole, This is I was very young at the time, but I remember when the Fox NFL Sunday theme was new and cool. It's still really good, but I remember when it was brand spanking new. And that was a, a thing to get adjusted to. In the same way, hearing the CBS theme for the Big Ten, which is what we're going to hear in it the near be, future, yeah, 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 yeah. will be jarring. It's just like going back on YouTube and watching old Florida State games on CBS. You're like, what? We're not playing Florida, and I hear the CBS Saturday college football theme? We're going through that process again. And the question is, how willing is ESPN, if this is an ACC to SEC move, how willing are they to poach from one brand to move it to another? Correct. But if the ACC assets are be are to be dispersed among two super conferences, 
are those the chips that maybe ESPN needs to get a concession from a Fox or a CBS? And now even NBC is going to have primetime Big Ten football. So in lieu of a commissioner in college football. No czar, baby. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. In lieu of that, the networks are going to be driving the bus. Okay, so that's the bigger point. The networks are, in fact, driving the bus, and nobody wants to talk about that publicly, but the presidents have acknowledged it in quips here and there. Read articles over the last year, and you'll occasionally hear a university president, I referenced Northwestern a moment ago, talk about super conferences, the landscape of college football, never being the same. They've acknowledged that that's all going to shift. How could it not when you already have entities like Texas and Oklahoma set to join the SEC and USC and UCLA set to join the Big Ten? We've already acknowledged that that, and and this has been ongoing for some time. Obviously, go back to Nebraska. You can go on and on and on. Go to to Texas A&M, go to the SEC or Missouri, whatever you want to do. We've, We've noticed we've been building to this for a long time. The question was, who was driving the bus? The answer is the two major networks, Fox and ESPN. But then there are all these other entities and others that may crop up, streaming platforms and, and you know, whether you want Amazon, you name it. There are a number of other people that will get involved and want to have product. How does that eventually get back what I care about and what you care about and what our listeners care about to affecting FSU in the positive? Does it mean we are stuck here for the next number of years while those conferences continue to grow, gain strength, and more importantly, separate financially from what Florida State and members of the ACC can do? And I I think the answer is that as long as that expansion is happening, as long as that is still an ongoing negotiation behind the scenes by the networks that eventually that would include Florida state and Clemson as assets as part of that discussion, meaning that they would strengthen their sec by adding a Florida state and a Clemson. The big 10 would effort to bring in say North Carolina and Virginia or something along those lines. I don't think that the sec ESPN relationship would allow for the big 10 to come into the state of Florida at that point the Big Ten would have a coast-to-coast network that they could sell, which is greater than anything ESPN would have. They're not going to allow for that, I wouldn't think. Yeah, unless they get something else that would What would, they, what would their the concession footprint. be? Right. Yeah. Uh, or you normalize the product, and, and by that I mean you normalize the payout, and then you spread it across the two conferences evenly, and then you can do whatever the hell you want. Like, if you're in agreement that you're all going to work together, and let's say that it's a you know, 50-team league or something along those lines. And you say the TV revenue is going to go into one big pie and just we're going to split it. There's a conference and a conference. Because in theory, the NFL is a collection of two super conferences, the NFC and the AFC. Those are two conferences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that agreed to play together when the league merger happened years and years ago. You could, if you had the strong leadership, form a college football super league with two conferences in much the same way. Yeah. At that point, if the money's even and evenly distributed, who cares who's in whose conference? At that point, it's about regional matchups and, and things along those lines. But we're a long way away from there. The hope for Florida State, and you know, Michael Alford, this is one of the best things he's doing right now. It's all he really can do. It's awesome. But they're hammering it home on the social media platforms about how attractive of, of a product it is. And if you haven't seen it on War Chant TV, I encourage you, Corey Clark narrated a, an article that he wrote last week about Florida State's brand numbers and just YouTube replays alone, how much more valuable you can use this as a metric, how much more valuable Florida State is, even more than Clemson, 
even more than any other team in the ACC, Florida State rings true. It gets more clicks than anybody else. So if this is an era of ultimate greed, which it always is, by the networks, you can't not have Florida State be a part of the discussion. We're too damned valuable. It Our would, ratings are too consistently good. Well, agreed, and that and that is why, well, it's one of many reasons why we were getting desperate to get back into our winning ways. You have to put your best foot forward. You have to have been in a position to, again, matter so that those ratings come through and you have some look-at-me moments along the way of a football season. And Florida State had it, and they'll only continue to grow that already wildly popular brand with back-to-back winning seasons, back-to-back-to-back winning seasons. So in addition to getting tired of losing, we talked about this past year as being vital to the long-term success of Florida State Athletics. And that's what we were referencing. It wasn't just the need for Mike to succeed so that his tenure could exist two and three years from now. It was for Florida State football to have put their best foot forward to be in a position where they would be of vital importance in any negotiation between TV networks. Oh, proverbially speaking, look at the top left of the screen. We're running to Orange Theory Fitness right now. This program is getting itself in great shape. The Catalina wine mixer's coming up. (laughs) And we want to be in prime tuxedo-wearing condition for the wine mixer. That's what we're trying to do. The thing is, even if we weren't in prime physical condition, we're still that attractive. Because we had the first good season we've had in some time, but our ratings are monstrous. They're monstrous relative to bowl bowl ratings, Monday night games, Friday night games. They have been for years, too. Forrest, no question, yes. We play Notre Dame when we're terrible. It still rates like crazy. We play Miami when we're terrible. It still rates like crazy consistently been that way it's going to be that way it's just a matter of will espn work with itself on the acc sec front or will espn use a couple of acc chips to get something bigger for itself well and then we move along the way and so in that way aren't you like me rooting for the big 10 to keep pushing yeah Yeah, i mean i i mean when they added usc and ucla i was like don't stop don't stop throw it on the table guys Throw it on the table. Grab Oregon. Grab Washington. Grab big. the only other big boys in that conference. Grab them. And it's at that point that the SEC goes, okay, well, we're going to have to continue. Ours is bigger. Let's go grab Florida State and Clemson. Our slogan is it just means more. We can't. I mean, yeah. We're getting outdone we here. We can't let this happen. Right, 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 right. Well, it's like anything else. When you are on the open market, anybody out there in the chat or the podcast audience or the radio audience, and you have a chance to either change your career or take the next take the next step. When are you in the best position to get the most for yourself? Mm-hmm. When there are multiple offers on the table. Right. If there's only one offer, and you walk into that room for the negotiation, and you reek of desperation, ain't gonna happen for you. But if you sit down in that room with multiple offers, and you can look somebody in the eye and say, "This is what they're doing for me. Can you beat it?" Yeah. That's when this you get the best enough. deal. I'm going to need more. Yeah. So if the Big Ten keeps pushing, we're gonna wherever we end up, it will be a really, really good situation. It's just when you hear the news of Fox and ESPN not playing nice, well, for the, yeah, for the matter of one year on a contract, that's not good. That doesn't sound like the Big Ten can make a viable case for our landscape to be more fruitful. Yeah, I, I was yes in terms of us getting out from under our grant right situation yes because it's so much more dire than Texas and Oklahoma's 
I mean, their, their deal is almost up to the point where they can just let it end and then go. Ours is not even close. And every time I think of this, I liken it to free agency, and I, I'm like, okay, so when you're the Pirates and you don't pay players and you have a good one and we're marching towards the end of this deal and you know you're not going to get anything for them, you got to trade them two years in advance and hope like hell that, you know, you can spruce up your minor league ranks. You know, the ACC at some point is going to be like, well, we're never keeping Clemson in Florida State. But they're not doing it in 2023, 2024, if the deal doesn't end until 2034, 2030, whatever. Six, yeah. Ah! Yeah. You know, if this were 2031, they might be like, well... Oh, at that point, I, well, it'll never get to 2031. We'll be able to pay the buyout probably five years from now. Uh, well, maybe, maybe. Collective as a, as a group of interested parties in the ACC, if it got to five years from now, they'd be able to cut the check at that point. Maybe. I, I've always wanted, and I know that we've fought for, well, I say we. I think there are there are powerful people who would like to know what the number is. Just, just what's the number? Like right now, give us a number. A billion dollars? Just fine. Give me a number. What is it? Is it a billion? Billion might be doable. Long term, you get investors, you get people that, you know, all right, yeah. we're in. Oh, that's like the uh, the scenes in terrible movies like Independence Day when all <laughs> the, the nations get together to fight the aliens. Yeah. You know, they're like, they're, it's Morse code, sir. The, the Americans are reaching out. Via, it has to be Florida State and Clemson yeah. and North Carolina what's, and Virginia. What's the number? Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. We need one billion, guys. Let's do it all together. Let's go. One giant GoFundMe. A billion dollars. Let's go. I just, if they had the number, there are ways to get to the number, but they don't know the number, and that number isn't out there yet. It's, or that I'm aware of. And the ACC doesn't have to give that number just yet. They, they're going to sit back and see, because they're, they're an asset to ESPN. A less valuable asset than the SEC but they are an asset to ESPN right now. The whole thing for me is is I would approach it, and I'm sure they're channeling this several different ways. You've got to play for every scenario. So if you're an athletic director like one at Florida State or Miami or Clemson, you have to, on the one hand, try and build the ACC into the best it can be in case none of this works out. Like, you can't just go cold and stop answering the, the calls from the league office. You know what I mean? you got to play all hands yeah. at the same time. But I, I just... I wonder if the quickest path might not be how many votes does it take out of the 14 ACC members to disband the thing, and who can we pay off to get to the <laughs> number? Because if it's a simple majority, then, like I've said, you call Boston College, Wake Forest, and Syracuse in a room, you say, all right, who wants $300 million one-time fee? Who wants it? We need your vote. That's what we're going to do for you. One, one of you is walking out of here with that money. The other two walking out <laughs> here with nothing. So which one of you are going to be the vote we need? I love it. In the interim... Keep winning games, bolster your roster, make good decisions, hire right coaches, continue to improve, and obviously at that point, the valuations improve as well. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health 
uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning, and I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good to be with you. And it is Super Bowl week, so bets are going to happen. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, going to join us later this week as he's wont to do on a Friday. It will be fun. We'll get into the props as we always do. And by the way, if you can, I'm just hoping that number gets up to 51 and a half. Tend to bet unders in Super Bowls. Always bet unders in Super Bowls. It's a weird game. You got the extra long halftime. It's a disjointed game. There's the a lot extra of week in between playing. There's the feeling out process that occurs. There's nerves. There are all these factors. And uh, I tend to just blanketly bet unders in Super Bowls. Uh, this matchup is fascinating in so many ways. We were on the golf course last week, and you brought up a point that I wholeheartedly agree with, which is that you could see this game being won in a lot of different ways. So, like, the Eagles could win this game going away. The Chiefs could win this game going away. These two teams could play one of the all-time great games if both have their A game. At the same time, we get them both. Both are awesome. Both play to their strengths. You could see this thing come down to the wire the way we as fans who don't necessarily have a, a team in the fight there just want to see a great game. This, on paper, looks like a great game. If I were... Looking at a number one concern, I guess from the Chiefs' angle, it's can we block that defensive line, which has been the best in football, and man for man across the front four, really you have all-world players, and that includes Florida State's own Josh Sweat. So uh, do the Chiefs have what it takes up front to block it up? If they do, how healthy is Patrick Mahomes and his mobility changes things because That's... when he moves around and extends plays – it's the great equalizer. Yeah, you could see where, again, next Monday's talking point was, wow, I guess we never really appreciated how much Patrick Mahomes' mobility kept him out of trouble. You know, this offensive line's good, but not great. And Mahomes covers up a lot of those deficiencies. That could be Monday's talking point if the Eagles win going away because the line of scrimmage has been reset. Yeah. I don't think the Eagles are going to win in the middle as much as they could on the two yeah. ends and the two edges. I just I, I think some of that's mitigated with good play calling. Andy Reid's a very good play caller. And if Mahomes is, you know, even half of what he normally is in terms of 
just moving within the pocket. I'm not talking about escaping the pocket. I'm talking about extending plays the way he does within like a five-yard radius. It's nuts. He does that all the time. The other problem with Kansas City is their receivers, and a lot of them are banged up now. They don't have depth there. Health is a big part of what we're talking about here. Who's healthy, who isn't? Um, can the Chiefs stop Philadelphia from running the football, which sets everything else up for Jalen Hurts? And so, you know, I, I the, the game is fascinating. I, I don't I don't care about either one of those teams. I care for a great matchup, and I hope and I think we've got potential to have exactly that. Well, yeah, and you're just so much more afraid of a mobile quarterback in a one-off setting. Like, for example, if you told me you're yeah, going to have— You have no more games next week. Just go crazy. That's it. Yeah, in the, in the preseason, I'm not talking about Hurts per se, but let's just say that you've got a, a an above-average mobile quarterback in your division. If you are a team that— it's not the one with the mobile quarterback that doesn't throw it as well. You'd say, oh, over 17 games? I love our chances. But if you're facing them in week three and said mobile quarterback is fully healthy, on that particular day, you're scared. And that's what it is. Now, Hurts is better than just above league average. That offense has really, it all fits mm -hmm. very, very well together. But in a one-off situation with no tomorrows, they're going to run him like crazy. And that has to scare you. It's a cool game. There are a lot of stars, a lot of stars, both, but you also have the physical aspect up front with the defensive lines that I love. Uh, again, Lee will join us at the end of the week. We'll go through all the props. I'm sure by probably tomorrow afternoon, I'll have a pretty good idea of about six or eight that I like. You know me when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, we're we're going to juice this thing. Super Bowl is always going to be fun. Always. And you're going to make sure that when you sit down on a Sunday – there are 15 angles. You're like, oh, could use this. Okay, didn't get that. Gonna need this. The thing that would scare me, number one, if I was the Eagles, and you could say Mahomes, and it's just very easy, but the Super Bowl performance two years ago where they didn't have tackles, period. Kansas City <laughs> didn't have tackles. Not one of them. And the Buccaneers uh, were excellent all season long off the edge in the pass rush. And yet, if not for a couple of drops... Mahomes might have had them in a dogfight in the fourth quarter without two, basically, two offensive linemen, two critical offensive linemen. He could have done it by himself, even with a high ankle. That dude is capable of summoning things for a one-off. There is no next week. I'm going to play through it. I don't care if I need surgery. It's about today. That makes him very, very scary. He's fun. He's fun to watch. And what's fun is watching storylines the likes of which we've seen with Jalen Hurts who rightfully and I'm I'm already tired of this this week where I'm I'm hearing folks say well you know think about all the people who didn't believe in Jalen Hurts yeah that was everybody man that was including his own team I mean that come on that nobody had a reason to believe that this version of Jalen Hurts existed because we'd never seen it it hadn't happened at least Mahomes put up ridiculous numbers in college where you would go, okay, well, I, I suppose there's something there. It could be that offense, could be that sorry league he's in, but, man, there's some arm talent. As recently as this year's draft when A.J. Brown was acquired, the talking point was, wow, he's going to go to a worse situation. Yeah, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know, and it was a legitimate take. Yes, I know. Now, do I like the story? Yes, I do. I got no problem with guys who work really hard to get better. Uh, who do everything in their power to maximize their ability. And it's commiserate to what the Eagles did in terms of team building. Like they did a very good job of putting him in a position, really could have been anybody, of putting them in a position with the weapons and their ability to run the ball and they have an identity, they know what they are. 
They did a great job of acquiring talent around him. Somewhere along the way, his confidence level grew in terms of making consistently good throws. He's got weapons galore. And then that running game certainly keeps defenses honest. So he's done all those things. It's not unlike watching Jordan Travis get better and better and, and celebrating that fact. Hard work pays off sometimes. Good to see. Yeah. Good to and, see. And confidence makes all the difference oh, in well, the world. Huge. And there are two different types of players, but the rise is somewhat on the same level when you're talking about unexpectedness. Like that just comes oh. out of nowhere. Like the great, I know that Hertz transferred out and played really, really well at another institution, but to me, the great symmetry of his story was you get pulled in the natty. They end up winning the natty because you're not out there. That's one hell of a thing to walk off the field knowing. Like, he you handled know, it exceptionally I, well. And at he the moment. did. Yeah. He was so good. He was so supportive of Tua, the whole thing. Yeah, it was awesome. And you're like, wow, that has got to sting, though, because it's that's got to be the most bittersweet national championship and it was feeling. A, it was the most obvious move to make, too, by the way. Right, halftime. you needed like, the spark. Yeah, you had I mean, to do it, yeah. And then he comes in the SEC title game the next year against Georgia, and he wins it. So Georgia gets screwed twice by a flippy floppy of the quarterback <laughs> situation in Alabama both ways. And you're like, right. wow, look at that. It's almost like he finished the job right then and there. You could have ended the story in that moment. It would have been a good one, yeah. Goes to a different place, and then now look at him. What a really, really cool career. Yeah, it's a great career. And and I do, it's happened a little bit more lately, uh, both in the NFL and college. And, and that interests me. I'd like to do a deeper dive on this. It's not something that you can riff about off the cuff and kind of without looking at some numbers, but... There have been a number of examples, including the one in our own backyard, of guys who not just are appreciably better, where you're looking at them and you're like, you know, they're they're legitimately much better than they were a year ago at a aspect of their game that was lacking. And you can watch the guy do that, and you're like, oh, pocket awareness could be whatever, you know, pre-snap reads, could be checking the right protections, could be a lot of things. You rarely see guys go from being average to below average as a thrower, as a passer to becoming good at it, to where you're like, well, that's an asset. That's now a thing where you you feel comfortable with him making those throws and, and consistently putting the game in his hands if you have to do it. That hasn't always been the case. Normally, you just don't see those, those kinds of meteoric rise. It's nuts to watch that happen, and it's happened in a lot of places. Yeah, well, Joe Burrow's another great example of somebody who, I know you're not talking necessarily about pocket pass for pocket pass, but his... Everything about him before the year was, eh, okay. I could see why Ohio State let him go. And then why did Ohio State ever let that kid go? That's what it turned into. Well, I mean, that even gets, yeah. Fields leaving Georgia. We all first guessed that one. but oh, yeah, we, that was pretty obvious. But it's it, it speaks to, we talked about this at the NFL level forever. How many good quarterbacks never were what they could have been because of situation? Where they went. Where they went. of the culture multiple offensive coordinators within a short period of time. It's kind of that way in college now, too, where the circumstance and the fit matter greatly. Joe Burrow isn't Joe Burrow without LSU. I don't think that happens at Ohio State. Well, it and it's important, too, because it, it, we talk about confidence all the time. When you talk to sports psychiatrists, it's, it's fascinating to listen to them talk because they'll never bring up ability. They'll never bring up the physical. They're always going to bring up the mental. There's a certain level of understanding that it's like, okay, so if you're good enough to get, if you're a five-star recruit coming out of high school and you get a ride to Ohio State, to Alabama, to Oklahoma, to Florida State, to wherever, then obviously coaches, football coaches, saw tools, saw talent, saw ability. 
Now, from there, whether you were able to mine that and get everything out of it that you can has a lot to do with the coaches that you play for, but also your ability along the way not only to grasp what they're teaching you to, but somewhere, some way, gaining confidence. They always come back to confidence. Just like golfers who go from losing their card to winning a major and then ending up in a, you know, Justin Rose just won today. Justin Rose has a very interesting and famous story in, in the lore of golf, right? This incredible amateur who has the performance that he had at the British, and everybody's like, this guy's the next rock star. And then he falls off a cliff and he's ranked in the late, you know, what was it, 140s or whatever it was. And then he's gone on to be Justin Rose, right? I mean, he has been a Hall of Fame golfer. Well, he has talked about how somewhere along the way when he was down and out, he the right thing was said to him and he began to believe and then he didn't tee it up from that point forward without believing he could win. Somewhere along the way, Jalen Hurts figured out, I can throw the football. I'm fine. I can throw it as well as any of these guys. This system works for me. We're going to be good. The coaches figured out what his strengths were. And then from there, once he had confidence, they added to the repertoire. So it was probably something very simple like, all right, our offense is going to be predicated on the run. You're going to throw off a play action. We're also going to utilize your legs because you're a strong runner. We're going to use the strengths of your game. When you master this aspect of the offense, we'll add to it. Once that mastery occurred, there was a confidence-boosting moment. And then from there, it was, why can't I make all the throws? And then pretty soon, you're making all the throws, which is nuts. That's the part about him, though. He didn't make those throws in college consistently. And you also get him a, a top-flight receiver because he's on his rookie. Roster building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, roster That's, building, yeah. The other thing is you look at, you know, since the the quarterback and, and the first-round salaries, I should say, first-round salaries were since capped, it went, Yeah, since it stopped being a case where you were screwed if you whiffed. The success on the rookie deal thing with mm -hmm. the quarterback mm -hmm. is no fluke. Mm -hmm. You know, look, Kansas City has done some very creative work to make sure that they're competitive when Mahomes is on contract number two. But look at Seattle with Russell Wilson in contract number one. Jared Goff's contract with the first Super Bowl run for the Rams. I mean, if you can get these guys when they're a little bit cheaper, you could do everything but. You yeah. can build everything yeah. but. And then you're going to have to find a way to make it work once they get their big payday. But the way that the NFL first-round draft pick money scale is has been tempering what was a ridiculous market where, guys, it was akin to it was akin to what NIL is doing right now in college football. Yeah. Where a 17-year-old walks on campus, makes more money than a dude who's two-time all-conference first team. How that, is that possible? That was, you know, we talk about the Bradford deal all the time. He was the last of the guys to really get paid in that way. And he got but a it, second contract, too. Right. And it was so penal for these for these teams. Uh, it was life and death, franchise life and death. You better be sure that quarterback is the quarterback. And the numbers say it's, I mean, barely, 50 50. barely over a coin flip inside the top three. Yeah. 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 And, and for a long time, the GMs, the coaches, and certainly us as fans thought we could look at it and know. But enough time has passed that we say, no, no, we don't. We don't. We don't know. We don't know. Time was at AJ Sports in 2007. That Scream I at each other. A coin flip on a Tuesday night for my last $2 meant a lot of money. <laughs> but for NFL franchises, yeah. there was a coin flip with their first overall pick saying, the next 10 years of success. And if you didn't have the roster in place that would allow for the confidence that I'm referencing to grow, then you were screwed because even if the guy could really play. Right, you had no room under the cap. 
The other car brother probably could play. Who knows? He just took an ass beating. Oh, yeah. I think he could I thought he could have played. He was pretty good, but he took beatings, the likes of which we've rarely seen. Didn't come out the other side. Somebody would have just given Matt Moore an opportunity. <laughs> Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Tom asked a good question. I'll read it and answer it. That's what we'll do. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Is it done with the Alice in Chains? Uh, Tom writes, Jeff, outside of defensive back, what position group would you like to see the most improvement from when it comes to coaching slash recruiting? Thank you, Tom. Uh, linebacker. Uh, did you pay Tom to ask this question? No. No, I did not. It feels like you did. No, no, I didn't. I uh no, I'm good. I'm good. That's a it's we're in an interesting situation from the linebacker standpoint. I don't think they felt compelled to go out and get a top flight linebacker for a variety of reasons, namely the two starters they have returning. I brought this up the other day. Yeah, we you're talk- talking portal, of course. Yeah, right. Because you got a top flight kid in high school. Yeah, the Nicholson kid. I'm excited to see play. It's just that you're not going to fall back on a true freshman believing that they can alter your linebacker room in year one. Uh, but I, I, I think that situation. This is actually a fascinating talking point. This is one of the problems with the portal, and and kind of living and dying with the portal a little bit, is that. Every time you do that, of course, you are bringing in a guy now that's going to have to start over a kid that in all likelihood has been here for a while. And what are you saying to that kid? Well, you're saying you're not good enough and you can take it on down the road is what you're basically telling him. You're telling him the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the case of Tatum Bethune, in the case of Kalen DeLoach, I think they feel like they are good enough. Those are good players who have really committed themselves and worked hard and they got Tatum to come back. And I'm sure that... That was, you know, a bit of a negotiation, for lack of a better term. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to go out and bring in a a portal kid from some other school and start him over that kid? Not, I, don't, I don't think so. Not when you only put two on the field at a given time. Right. You know, unless that linebacker could fill in for Jamie Robinson and play in the slot and cover. But at that point, he's not really a linebacker, is he? He's more of a, a hybrid defender, and you just assign a position to him, but he plays everywhere. Yeah, and you may already have that on your roster, by the way. I think you kind of do. I mean, there's a number, number of candidates for that. So uh, so instead they bring in uh, a linebacker that, uh, you know, we'll see. 1,000, whatever, whatever rank. High what, school. 
yeah, high school. I'm just saying, we'll, we'll see what he is. I don't know. That felt like a bit of a depth move, perhaps. Not not a one that seriously impacts the room this year. I I think from this point forward, though, again, you gotta you gotta recruit that position at a high level. They just brought in a high school recruit that I think the I think uh, really highly of. I think they'll do it again. And now now you build it up. Now you build it up organically. And I think you do that through the high school ranks. Yeah. And the other question, this is something that you and Ira talked about previous weeks. You know, as it relates to the defensive interior, because of the issues you had health wise there. Essentially, your two starters outside of the LSU game weren't healthy. And the run numbers reflected that. Correct. We gave up a lot on the ground. Anytime we played an offensive line that was halfway decent, they ran the ball, and they ran the ball effectively. Capped off by two prolific performances against us to end the season. Florida here on a Friday night, and then the bowl game with Oklahoma rotating in some brand new offensive linemen. Didn't really matter that yeah, much, Yeah, well, they recruit it? the offensive line really well at Oklahoma. So this is where... There will be no arguments at the end of the 2023 season. If the linebackers aren't good enough, it shouldn't be this year because of a lack of upfront play. They should have the angles. They should have a bit cleaner of an existence getting to the point of attack and getting to the point of contact than they did the previous season. So if they're bad this year, in short, there are no excuses for that. But this year, this past year, because you didn't have the health that you thought you would up front, you can kind of see why they might have guessed every once in a while because they're so used to have an offensive lineman freely getting to them, getting their hands on them before they can make a decision. Yeah, they. I think you got to recruit the position better, more consistently. I think you got to coach it better as well, and I think we'll see uh, in the next. This year is important. I'm going to continue to say this. I'll be a broken record. People will be tired of hearing me talk about this, but the defensive coaching staff uh, is one that most fans will look to when with a very critical eye to see are they what they need to be. For us to make a run at a championship, they might be. They might be. They've got time to prove themselves. I think the necessary change on the back end was made. I wanted to see that. I was outspoken about that. That did happen. I'm happy about it. Uh, I'm not making it personal in any way. Uh, first of all, I really like Adam Fuller. I think he's a, a really smart guy. He's an interesting guy to talk to. I think he knows football. It's a question of whether or not that knowledge is passed on in a way that is easily digestible and executed properly on the football field. And we'll see. If, if that doesn't happen, it doesn't really matter what you know. You have to be able to get kids to execute those plans. And so do I think from a football acumen standpoint, is he, is he as good as anybody that you can find? I, I think certainly he's, he's as knowledgeable in the college game as, as you'll find on a whiteboard. If you sat there and drew up defenses and talked about philosophy, he could do it with anybody. Can he get his guys to execute? And that's always the case. That's always the case. I have said that over the years, the thing that I learned, or at least I changed my mind on the most, is that there aren't too many guys that make it this far that don't really know the game. I used to be guilty of making sort of blanket statements. There are some exceptions. But there were guys that I would I would just say, well, he's a bad coach, or he he this is, you know, we can do better. We can bring in another guy that knows a lot more than this guy. I don't know if the answer is they know a lot more. It's that they can teach it and get them to execute it a lot better. That's a better way of saying it. Or they can recruit better personnel. Well, that's a big one, yeah. too. In the yeah. college game, it's about recruiting as well. And if you are not doing a good job of teaching it and getting them to execute it and you don't recruit worth a damn, well, now you do have to go. So that that is, yeah. that's, if, yes. If you're a C-plus teacher but you get A talent, people aren't going to know that you're a C-plus teacher all that much. Right. Because that talent's going to cover up. Bigger, stronger, faster is going to cover it up. But if you're a C-plus teacher with 
B minus talent well, in terms get of exposed recruiting. Exposed in the yeah. biggest games, and that is what we'll be watching very closely. And and so my answer is linebacker. I want to see it from a recruiting standpoint with Randy Shannon, who's not doing a great job in recruiting. And then I want to see them play at a higher level as well. And and you know the, again these things take time. Uh, I don't think that Florida State goes from five and seven to ten and three to being a national championship level contender. Uh, it, that quickly. I think it takes time. Can they be a playoff team? Yeah, TCU was a playoff team. Could they? Can they be in a conversation to win the ACC? Sure, you've got to be better than Clemson. I mean, your your talent is that is superior to that of every other team in the ACC, not named Clemson. So, sure, yes, they can. Elite talent always stands out no matter what the situation is around them. They'll make three or four plays a game at linebacker or safety or corner where you go, oh, my God. Or at corner, the better example would be they're just never you never see them because they never throw the ball. Yeah, they never throw the ball that way. That yeah. was the stat with Asante Samuel when he was here a few years ago that the quarterback rating was higher to just throw an incompletion rather than throw it his way. <laughs> yeah. And when our defense was so porous everywhere else, you would go to the other 10. All right. Don't worry about him. These other 10, we're going to get what we need here, guys. But in the same way, if you don't have an elite player, in the same way that a coach looks smart when there's better talent on the field, linebackers and defensive backs look a whole lot more gifted when that front four four is kicking ass. And this year, this is the deepest, at least as we enter spring camp, that that front four has been in a long time around these parts. Yeah, and that's exciting. That's why you think there can be real progress with the unit that we're talking about having a critical eye towards. I mean, I think they can be a lot better, and they they should be a lot better, and that's why we're going to be watching Two Fingers to My Eyes, Two Fingers Back to You. Be better. I think you can be. Let's see if you are. If not, we have serious questions to have answered. And listen, we have one of the exciting aspects of the climb, one of the exciting aspects of watching a program get better is – each of the steps, uh, the rungs of the ladder, if you will. Okay, so you are here. You're way down at the bottom of the ladder. Now you're halfway up the ladder. You're beyond that stage where you can't get, you know, can't can't really see beyond the roof. You're, you're up there now. Let's go. Let's go all the way. Let's get to the top of this thing. And how do you get there from here? Well, the next steps that have to be taken, uh, this, is, this is a little bit more analyzed, a little bit more uh, hyper-focused on. You're going to look to subtleties and areas where, okay, we're really good here. We're really good here. This could be better. This has got to get better. And I think if you're Mike, you know, you're elated to be at that point now, but also you have to be very careful to have uh, the ability to self-scout, the ability to self-scout your staff, yourself, the program as a whole. It's another year that's just so, I mean, it's critical for so many reasons. We know the basic ones. You've got a lot of talent. This is the time to cash it in, go win enough games to go make the playoff, win the conference, and have some real recruiting momentum. But if you don't get it right this year, to look at on the other side, there is so much you've got to replace through the high school ranks and the portal. We're just talking about personnel that leaves this program, because they have to, to go to the next level. Are you going to be in a position and be nimble enough with a less than stellar year out of the defense to make the changes you're talking about? in order to get kids to say yes on signing day in the portal. Like this is, if it doesn't go well, it's it's going to get real fast, this process of having to make some some decisions. Yeah, but I think it's going to go well, Tom, because I think the schedule is one that you really are going to have a hard time screwing up. Now, you could lose 
the only big games you play, and that won't be a good look, but there right. aren't enough of those games to create a disaster. You know, you could lose to LSU and Clemson, and people be like, well, you didn't beat anybody who's any good, but congratulations on your 10 wins. But that, in the eyes of a recruit, that's another 10-win season. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. <laughs> 